Damn, Daddy. I wasn't worth raising, huh? You didn't care that your absence and ability to instill in me order alter my destiny from mountain heights to a damn corner. At seven, I remember running to Mama saying, I want to be a man, Mama. Daddy, understand the fact that you abandoned me, I'm now qualified to be called a bastard. And since you never showed me how to be a provider, I'm having sleep for dinner. But one day, I'm going to be that man, Mama. How I just wish you taught me how to throw a ball, tie, tie, tell me it's okay to cry, son. What about how to shave or drive, Daddy? Last I seen, you were great at it. You never hit your brakes once. What if you could die from parent failure? As a teen, I was never a problem child. I was a child with a problem. You wasn't there to teach me the birds and the bees or even how to follow my dreams. Damn it, I needed you, Daddy. The hood told me to be the man that takes women money and respect, so I slid her $40 hoping to find my manhood in the back of her pussy. But my anger and temper tantrums forced girls to deal with a boy that was supposed to be a man, but one day, I'm going to be a man, Mama. It's just because of you, Daddy, that when I made that move, I hate my very appearance. And it's not low self-esteem. I bet you didn't know that I love myself. But Mama said I'm a splitting image of you, and it breaks my heart in two to know that I remind Mama of you, Daddy. But you see, I found him. One crazy enough to say I do and share this damaged world with him. And finish this journey and thing we call life. He gives me hope. And y'all don't understand what's on my plate. I'm in Southeast D.C. where life expectancy is 21. I'm 35 and didn't have my first dream until I was 28. But I'm still not yet a man, Mama. I had dreams of closure. Wishing we could be closer. But I've had to put the psychological hold that Daddy has on me in the past that can eliminate the torturous pain of this generational curse of being a fatherless child behind me like that precious little boy you once called your precious little man, Mama. A dream that I could be proud of. I was determined to be the father I always wanted. Hell, the father I always needed to escape the mental bondage and emotional enslavement that comes from not being wanted by you, Daddy. You see, I have a child. And although the fear of repeating my daddy's actions, he hightailed it out of my life like Usain Bolt, I committed my life to him. To raise him with every ounce and love of my being. You see, I'm not you, daddy. I'm not your decisions or even your tendencies. I'm merely your offspring. And although Ancestry.com will forever bind us together, I be day and you be night, daddy. And I now leave you in the darkness of your own choices. But whenever I visit home, and I hugged the woman that gave birth to me. And mama, understand you are a queen. And daddy, I forgive you. You motherfucker. You planted your seed but failed to tend the garden. But today I be a father, a husband, a provider, a God-fearing. I learned how to stand. So today I am the man, mama. What's up, world? It's your girl, Tamika Georgia Me Harper. And when I'm listening to podcasts, I want the real deal. So I listen to Spoken Soul Sessions with my man, Poetic Black. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Ebony the Goddess. And when I'm in these poetic streets going from venue to venue, I'm tuning in to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? 
this poetic block. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you with you with you. Check this out, man. Spoken soul sessions. Oh my god. This is spoken soul sessions with poetic black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to spoken soul sessions with Start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host. Poetic Black And I'm happy to be here Spoken Soul Family was good We got another dope show lined up for you guys today I hope I hope you're on your path today I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything To impede your progress I hope you focus on the goal Today is the day we shine And I need us to get in tune We got work to do family Let's get to it Spoken soul family was good Was good was good We got another dope show lined up for you guys today And today oh my goodness This is going to be an interview I had the the, the absolute honor of being featured on this brother's platform over on Clubhouse, Improv Poetry. And uh, I must tell you, I've done a lot of interviews. You guys know uh, I conduct a lot of interviews, you know, and I've been interviewed a number of times. And uh, I can tell you with an assurity that the interview that this brother conducted upon me was uh was very much top notch man now um, i really i really felt comfortable i felt good so i'm going to return the favor today let me give this brother the proper introduction that he deserves i'm talking about none other than the improv king nate senior a husband Father of two, spoken word artist, minister, motivational speaker, poetry writer, and a prompt dealer. Mr. Graham's body of work includes two published works while in high school, printed in poetry and art magazines. Because of his deep commitment to his craft, Nate was asked, to keynote and perform at the NCFL conference in Kentucky over multiple years, 2006, 2013, and 2019. He also performed and hosted workshops at Texas Women University, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and in several locations throughout the DMV area. Nate Sr., Nate Sr.'s other notable speaking engagements include a plethora of prominent high school and churches including Potomatic or oh, Potomac High School and My Father's House Christian International. 
Finally, he's excited about his published book, Behind Poet Poetic Lines, available in December. And I'm taking that 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 album. I mean that uh that work of art is out already. So we we're definitely going to talk about that. But uh, with my proud and esteemed honor, I want to welcome to the Spoken Stole Session Studio our brother Nate Senior. What's going on, my brother? What's going on? Man, great introduction, man. How you doing, King? Oh, man, I'm great, my brother. I'm great. I'm great, man. I told you I was going to get you over here, man. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You, you good, had man. me over there in the hot seat over there, man. Uh, <laughs> it's only right that I, I, I returned the favor, man. I love it. I love I, it. Man. I, I'm excited about this interview, man, because there's so many things I think that me and you in particular that we see eye to eye on a lot of views yes and uh, i want to i want to get into some of these things man but first the formalities let's get that out of the way because mm -hmm. i'll get a whole bunch of emails man the <laughs> first question i ask all my guests why poetry why spoken word um one i can't sing if i could sing i would be a songwriter right <laughs> uh, so but for me poetry is the only medicine that i found that i can hide behind words and tell you my exact truth and you would want to listen to it rather than viewing it as a complaint um in so many ways poetry has saved my life on many occasions where i felt like the world was crumbling down on me but with a pen and a pad or just a piece of paper I can create a world that I feel safe in. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a that's a, a great answer. And uh, I asked this question because, you know, I like to get the perspective of different artists because mm -hmm. we think different artists think different. And um, you would be surprised how many people say the same exact thing. You know, that poetry saved their life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm one of those people as well, you know, uh, Poetry was introduced to me in a time where I didn't have any outlets to like get that frustration out. So poetry was a saving grace for me. And um, to hear it, you know, coming from so many different artists from different walks of life, that poetry was the thing that actually saved them, that grounded them, that that gave them something to aspire to. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think it's phenomenal, man. And um, I wanted to know. You know, because uh, you go by this pseudonym of the Improv King. Yes, Am sir. I correct? Yes, Is my information correct? That you are the Improv King. Yes, sir. Now, before we get into this little demonstration, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> before we get into the demonstration, I want to, I want to, I want to first make mention of the of the piece that was played in the beginning of the show. Yes. This was from our brother Nate Graham. Uh this was powerful, man. Ah, this was you. powerful, man. This was powerful. It was it was more so along the line. I felt like this was theater. I felt like it was theater. The way you presented it. Uh this could I could have easily seen uh seen this on a Broadway stage. Yeah. Like a monologue. The lights dim. And uh, and you and you're just doing your thing, man. You have a certain type of of cadence 
mm-hmm. that lends to the, the the monologue. You know, what I mean, I know you give great monologues, but uh, that piece right there was epic, man. And it's along the lines of your father, you yes. know, like yourself, myself included. I have a piece uh, that I'm pretty much known for, you know, about my father. It's called mm-hmm. "The Ride with My Father," and I love um. It. And a, a lot of the things that you said in this in this piece that you did, man, it, it runs right along the, the same lines. You even have this line where you say, but daddy, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I got this line at the same, like I'm saying that my conclusion, but the way you, <laughs> the way you said, what was that line? How did you say it? You was like, uh, fuck out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, 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 the frustration, man. But you seen that, like, yo, I, I, I've dealt with this my life. In my life, I got over it. Mm-hmm. I'm stronger. I, because people, uh, they react to trauma differently. Yes. Some people may Absolutely. be more passive, aggressive. Some people may be more aggressive. So, you know, people, they react to the trauma differently. But mm-hmm. in this poem, what I sensed was that, yeah, I took this, this hurt this pain this anguish and i flipped it because i use it as a tool or a mechanism to 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 guide myself mm-hmm. or to set a parameter for myself of what i'm not going to be and, and i really got that and that's why i started it and ended it the way that i did in the beginning you know dag daddy i wasn't worth raising huh and mm. you didn't care that your absence altered my destiny from mountain heights to a damn corner. You know what I mean? We all know that for men, it take a man to raise one, right? That's right. And it, a, a player plays better when they got a coach in their life that actually cares. So mm. you, 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 you change my trajectory. So I wasn't worth it, right? And at the end, and but when I go home and I hug my mother and understand that you are a queen. You know, I remember when I was seven years old, my mom told me, uh, I can't teach you how to be a man because I'm not one. But what I can do is teach you how to respect women and fear God. Now, all of the other knucklehead stuff, I picked up running around with the wrong crowd. But in this particular piece, I'm letting you know, this this is where we stand. This is why I say, I be day and you be night. So so I'm going to leave you in your darkness so I can shine. Mm. You should be called the uh, the analogy king, man. You got you got <laughs> you got some dope analogies going here, man. I'm I'm loving the analogies, man. And um, it's so real, man. It's so real. I, I asked myself that very question: mm-hmm. What would I've could have accomplished? What could I have done, or what could I have achieved had my father been present? Right now, I had I had Mel. Uh, role models in my life my stepfather was there that was my male figure in my life you know what I'm saying and uh I didn't agree with a lot of his his tactics but at the end of the day I did respect I res- I respect him for the presence of being that man in my life mm-hmm. and showing me things how to navigate through life you know I'm always indebted to him for that but uh I always wonder what it would have been like had I had a relationship with my father you know, because I got oh, brothers. I got a whole bunch of brothers, man. I tell you a quick story. One time I was working in a restaurant mm-hmm. and um, dude came in the restaurant and he's at the counter and I'm back in the back cooking the food, but he keeps staring at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, yo, you got to feel somebody staring at you. 
and he's staring at me and I'm looking, put my head back down and I feel his eyes on me. He's just staring. He's not trying to hide it. So I'm, I look at him and I'm like, what's going on, brother? You, you good? And he was like, yo, he said, um, you come here for a second, bro. I was like, like, what's up? And, um, he asked me, he said, he said, do you know someone named DeWitt? And I was like, I was taken aback because I got a brother named DeWitt and my father's named DeWitt. So mm. I was like, I was like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm giving the look now. I'm like, so he says, uh, I say, yeah, uh, my father is named DeWitt. And um, he looked at me, man. And he had this look in his face, man. It was like astonishment. And he was like, he's like, I'm your brother. Mm. He's like, I'm your brother. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm your older brother. And he said, I was looking at you because you look just like daddy. You look just wow. like him. And I was like, wow, man, profound. Wow. And, and it was at that time. And, and he got a chance to hear that poem because it was during that time that I, that I met him that my album that was my that was on my debut album mm -hmm. and that album just came out and i gave him a copy of that you know what i'm saying and i told him like yo listen to that ride with my father and um he took me outside he's like yo man this is my daughter this is your niece and everything yo here's my number and that was like it was crazy to me i was like out of nowhere it could have been a million people you know and um, I favored him that much that I, I could be recognized immediately. So I wonder, I always wonder, like, what, what would it have been like to be connected with my father like that? And it's, it's, a hurt, it's a hurtful feeling that, you know, a lot of people don't speak on it like that. And a lot of men go through that. Like, I was in the house with my step pops and he had a son with my mother. So I used to see the bond that they had the bond that he had naturally with his son. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to want that, but I, I but I always felt I could never have that because, you know, that's not my father. He's not gonna love me the way my father would. He's not gonna look at me and see that the joy or the potential of, of what came from me. And it's, it's very hurtful at times. And you got a lot of brothers out here that's dealing with that and we bottle it up. Oh, that's man. why I really, yeah. I, I, I really dig the fact that you speak about these different topics. Yes. You deal with topics in your rooms, on your platform, mm -hmm. uh, concerning black men, the, the mental yes. health of black men, the, the well-being of black men. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's very important because a lot of times it's just taken for granted that we're okay. Yes. Because we're, we're functioning. The we're functioning. The we're working. worst assumption you can make. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Hey, um, I think for me though I I look at how many times I got it wrong because I used to mm -hmm. contemplate the same thing where would my life be had my father been in my life and I think I'm a better man because he wasn't mm. and I had to learn because as, as a kid I used to fight kids that knew their father like if you knew mm. your dad I'm ready to fight because I didn't have wow. mine right as a teen the worst thing my mother could ever tell me is you're just like your damn daddy mm. because I, I i i mirrored my life to be everything that he was he didn't play sports i played everything i could 
He didn't. Mm. He smoked and drank. I never touched the stuff. He mm. was. He was. He was bald at one point. I grew my hair. Um, he started growing his hair. I was bald for ten years. Mm. His hair started falling out. He shaved it. Now I'm growing my hair back. Wow. <laughs> know what I mean? So so. But it's also I'm I'm driven and determined to be the father I always wanted, not to get mm. the things I wished I had as a kid, but to teach them everything I wished I would have learned. Um, if you listen in that poem, is one of those lines. It says, "Y'all don't understand what's on my plate." In Southeast DC, life expectancy is 21. I'm 35. Didn't have my first dream until I was 28. It wasn't safe for me to wow. dream where I grew up at. That's that was profound, man. That was <laughs> that was profound, and I was like, "Wow, man!" Uh, to think about it, yeah, yeah. But I had to give him grace, and now when I reflect on my father, I call him a hero. Mm. Um, and a hero is none other than a person that faces adversity every day. That's all. That's it. You mm. don't have to do the right thing. You don't have to do the wrong thing. If you get up and face today, whatever adversity comes, you're a hero. He didn't quit. Mm. Um, I've learned also, you know, I learned that my father was adopted. So, you know, like, how can you want to be a father or, or mm. be labeled as a parent when the people that made you didn't want you, right? For whatever mm. reason. Um, he went through some some battles in his life. So it was impossible for him to show up for me when he couldn't show up for himself. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I'm learning now uh, to give grace. I'm learning now because if I don't give this grace, the same merit that I judge him on, my two boys can judge me. Oh, man, that's it right there, brother. Know what I mean? Yeah, That's dad's around, right but he's did, always man. working. Dad's mm. around, but he's always doing this. I wish dad would have did this more and this less. And it's like, dude, but I'm here. You know what I mean? So mm. if, if I don't give that grace now, I'll be scorned by it later. Wow, man. I mean, that's deep because uh, that's what I learned. That mm -hmm. was the journey because I, me personally, I had a lot of resentment for my father but I had more resentment for my mother mm -hmm. I had more resentment for her and um, I had to work through that and the only way to work through it was to confront it and uh, when you really look at it like me like in, in the poem with my father I said you know daddy I love you I miss you you know uh, cause he done passed on since then but I said I wish we shared more than the same face Mm. I wish we shared the same desire to occupy the same space. Mm. That was my biggest dream. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to be that apple in my father's eye. I wanted him to look at me, how a father, the way I look at my daughter, when I look at my daughter, mm -hmm. sometimes I just stare at her, I just marvel. I just yeah. marvel. Because uh, for a long time, I didn't want to have children. Because of I was that so fact. terrified of being the father because mm -hmm. I'm like, what if I end up like my father? What if the pressure gets to me and I bolt out his life? Then, you know what I mean? It, it, it was so many freaking fears. And, you know, my father's still alive. He's down in South Carolina. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, my wife invited him to the wedding, right? 
And this is a, I'm, I'm still hurt at this point. And I was like, well, if you invited them, your job is to keep them away from me. Since you wanted to invite them, you keep them away from me, right? And I'm gonna tell you the pain that I was dealing with. Um, we're in the back getting ready for um, the, the wedding. And uh, I got my uncle back there who was a father figure to me. He was a Marine. Uh, my godfather, who was, who was a pastor, um, he's the man that married us. Some of my closest friends are in this room. We're talking about basketball, how I'm a ball hog. We're talking about, uh, we're, we're listening to country music and we're getting ready. And my father comes and knock at the door. And he comes in. Tension so thick you can cut it with a knife, right? And he walks up to me and asks me, do you need anything? Wow. And I'm sitting here like the nerve of you, right? And so what I did was I introduced him to my spiritual father and godfather, my pastor. And I said, um, Reggie, this is my dad. Dad, this is my father. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, once he saw that he wasn't wanted or fit in in that room, um, he, he left and went to go uh, sit next to my mom. But I regret that. Mm. I regret that. I wished I could have shook his hand. I wished I could have hugged him and told him, uh, this 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 journey in my life, although you were never married, this this journey in my life, I would love for you to be a part of it. Pain and pride prevented me from doing that. And I think guilt and pride prevented him from pushing any further. And years passed, man, you know, years passed. Um, then I was hurt when I realized uh, him and my mom were dating again. Mm. And I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. you didn't have a man in the house so you raised one, but now you're going to go back to, you know what I mean? It, it, oh, man, we could talk. Wow, man. Yeah, that, it, that, that's, it's tough. The thing is, bro, the thing that resonates with me the most is that, you know, the potential is still there. Yes. And that's so precious, bro. Mm -hmm. It's so precious, man. Yeah. Like, like my father could do like anything, man. Like, I wouldn't care what it was. He could have stole a million dollars from me, you know? And um, I would take it on the chin just mm -hmm. for the opportunity to just be in the same room with him. Yeah, I feel that. And, and that, that's that's why I really want to to have some form of a relationship with you know he's adopted we don't know who his parents are so you know as far as his side of the family biologically all i know is him so i told my sons you're like y'all gotta look at me like when this started to go thin clock that time you know what i mean it's gonna be on you Let, let's see <laughs> let's see what's hereditary let's see you know um mm -hmm. I, I know he battled with uh, my mom told me he battled uh with cancer a couple of times i had to get surgery um, but it was in the abdominal area. I don't know really what it was, but you know, that's the other thing that you lose. You lose, you lose history. You lose a sense of, um, what you're made of. Right. And the only thing I can tell my boys is this is what grand men do. 
this is how grand men supposed to be and we're going to redefine what that name is mm. so um yeah that, that, that that's where i'm at man. that's that that's legacy my brother yeah and um it's 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 profound man because uh i rarely find brothers man that uh that are able to articulate it mm-hmm. in the fashion that you do be able to like really express it where other people can feel it and other people can resonate and identify with that emotion because a lot of brothers are walking around here they don't know how to identify it they don't know what it is they don't know what's off but they know something's off and that's where the anger comes in at that's where the anger comes at when when you're out and you're staring at someone and it's like man i wish my heart can reach out to this kid but he's not ready to hear anything yet and he just sees you looking at him and automatically he's angry not just because you're staring at him he's afraid that you can see him you can see the vulnerability you can see the hurt you can see the pain you can see what i'm dealing with so my my automatic response is what you looking at mm. do i know you you exactly. know what i mean you don't know me but i know your experience Mm. But you're not ready to have that conversation yet. You know what I mean? And uh, a, a lot of these kids, uh, I think the word is called angst. A-N-G-S-T. Um, mm. It's when you are when you have a lot of pent up bottled emotion, but you don't know how to express it. Mm. So you resort it to anger because anger becomes your primary source of communication. Mm. And that's the, and that's the situation for a lot of brothers out there. Yeah. And for uh, for for poetry, it was poetry that gave me an outlet to be able to express that. Because yeah. before I used to just write, you know, it was for me, you know. And uh, I would like people who were close to me, I would let them read some of my work. And um, I really got into the the actual craft of it, but the therapy. The therapy of poetry, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, like without it, you know, I say my name is Poetic Black. Black like my heart used to be. Mm-hmm. Poetic like my thoughts, but black how my heart used to be. And if it wasn't for that black, then my light wouldn't be so prominent. Mm-hmm. My light wouldn't be prominent, you know? And uh, I walk with that. I walk with that in me. That, uh, you know, it's the black in me, the black in me that allows me to see the light i need to be where i'm where i'm focused where i'm going mm-hmm. you know i need to see that light and if all around me is darkness that means i'm focused you know so i really commend you brother i applaud you you know for working through these things and even being vulnerable enough to even talk about that man because it's very it's, it's a it's a touchy subject man i got yeah. i found myself getting emotional because it's a very touchy subject it's it's you no know, uh a lot of us go through it, but we, we're not able to communicate how we feel. Mm-hmm. So like you said, we have that that bottled up anger inside of us and we just walk around with it. But it's refreshing to see brothers that's able to let it go, able to just say, let me talk to somebody about this or let me just get it out, get it out in a poem, get it out in a performance or whatever it may be, but get it out. You'll use it as a, uh, you know, as a ventilation you know, to get out all of those negative things, those feelings and emotions, man. But uh, that's powerful, bro. But mm-hmm. I don't want to make the interview all 
all emotional, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? Coming over here and trying to do your emotional thing on the, in the studio, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. felt like I was on Ayana. You, <laughs> Ayana, fix my life. One of those, one of those intervention segments yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, but I want to ask you because mm -hmm. we gonna get you to spit some pieces too, man. Yeah, but sure, I wanted sure. to ask you, how did you get the name, the Improv King? Oh man, you going back to elementary, middle school, and high school now. So um, <clears throat> a lot of my closest friends, classmates, and a few of my English teachers would always say. If I give you a word, can you write something, right? Mm. Um, my um, English teacher in high school, Miss Hakima Muhammad, um, she would always have me write a poem based on her age every year that I was there with her. Um, mm. But it was just the ability to, to, to create this mental exercise, right? Um, they give you a word. We give like phrases or actual prompts now, but they would give me one word and I would have to quickly figure out how that one word resonates with me. Like if he gave, they gave me the color orange, immediately I'm thinking about jumpsuits, prison, where I don't want to be, where some of my friends went, and how prisons have a larger acceptance rate than college. So mm. in all of that, I got to figure out how to spew this to you, keep a cadence, make it sound impactful while thinking about what's next right mm. so um I, I was able to do that very very consistently um as a kid and it just stuck with me um to the point that i can be out with my boys playing basketball uh, i can be out with my wife i can be outside playing with my kids and a poem will hit me and while i'm interacting i'm writing it in my head so by the mm. time i get home i'm able to like put it down put it down mm. Yeah, that process, man. That's the no. That's an elevated process, you know. Uh, similar like that, the way I write, you know, I will write a poem in my head. Like a ride with my father was in my head for a whole like two years before I mm -hmm. even put anything to paper. Like it was, it was just in my head. I know what I wanted to do with it. I know yeah. I wanted to open it up with a particular song. I know I wanted to touch on certain points, but it hadn't formulated itself yet. But it was in my head though so i, I know, understand that process it's i'm glad i'm glad you put it like that because for me um i can't do a poem without having the title so when i'm given words or a prompt that becomes a title because to me poetry are, are my kids mm. right so so the way you said i had to sit on it for for uh two years you know it was conceived already it was just it the due date didn't happen yet mm. right so so each poem because po poetry is soul work it, it's healing it's whatever you know we created and when we give birth to it you know it's now for the world know what i mean like god we are all given the power of spoken word you know because our god is a speaking god and when we push these things forward man you know our, our children gotta go out there and do what we set it to do know what i mean mm. it's designed and created we created it to touch a mind to to touch a heart to move a person you know some may not understand it uh, but for those that don't understand it um i love the quote that james baldwin says you know uh if i'm speaking over your head then i'm talking to the level that you should be thinking mm. 
So um, profile, yeah, Baldwin. That's my <laughs> man right there, man. <laughs> That's my man right there, Baldwin. Yeah. Man. Oh man. So um, yeah, man. And so you know, uh, it, it it was necessary for that to sit with you for two years. It was Indeed. necessary, yeah. Because if you would have so, tried to do it in two days, you wouldn't have been ready. It it, w- it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have measured up. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have measured up to what it what it became. Because uh, yeah, it definitely was something that I had to really sit on because I wanted to capture every single element of what I felt. Mm-hmm. And every time I don't perform that poem a lot no more, you know. Um, but every time I've performed it, like before I performed it. You know, they got a lot of footage of me performing it. It's it's like I take a moment to get myself in that space. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a certain space I gotta be in to, to spit that poem. If I'm not in that space, I can't I can't spit it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So is it it's really difficult. But it's draining. Uh, it's draining. It's draining. Yeah, it's, that, that's the exact word I wanted. Draining. It's that's draining. How, that's how you feel. Yeah. You feel like um oh, done. I, I I I really dislike fans sometimes when e- even though they mean well like oh mm. my god I, I I really felt that I can identify with that can you do that poem again <laughs> and you don't know where I was in my life and where I gotta go back mentally that's to right perform that piece. so basically what you're telling me to my face is you like me hurt and wounded you like mm. me traumatized you don't like the heel version of me in a conversation just won't do. Now I gotta perform. Right? <laughs> so that's right. For me, it's not I I, I, I share it. Mm. But I don't always want to relive it. Mm. And, and and I think that's the barrier that 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 fans don't really understand like like mm. there, there there's a part of us uh i like talking about the uh the secrets of a poet right mm. and the secret of the poet is how much of me am i putting in this poem versus how much is it just creative intellect mm. you know um my goddess glides across the room or i'm looking at all 200 feet of your small and large intestines sitting on the couch realizing that you're full of shit like you know (laughs) how much of it you know are we going to really look at versus how creative can we be right Mm. um funny though uh, i was talking with my wife this morning and we were talking about how music isn't the same as it was back then know what I mean uh, we were listening to Tender Love and Babyface and all of this stuff and she was like all Babyface music sounds the same it does but <laughs> but they found creative ways to say I want to make love to you mm. and now it's just Snapchat me that thing if it's cool know what I mean so like they, they, they straight to the raunchy where they yeah. were more more soulful and creative so you know, it, 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 it's all about your perspective and how, how you view it. Indeed, man. We, we look at it, man. Talk about them lyrics. I just heard this this new song, man. <laughs> what was what, what, what's, what's her name? Something red. Something. Yeah. She's something red. Brown? And, 
yeah, yeah. booty hole brown and yo and i seen I'm uh me, what I'm you call it uh, yeah i seen a meme of a football team right that was warming up that was warming up like they getting themselves hype and they singing this song yeah i'm like for real i'm like y'all serious and it was like they was twerking too it was like i was like yo this is the i mean the times have changed but when you look at the lyrics man when you look at the lyrics of the of the music people don't realize that you know you have to be mindful of what you ingest right and, right and 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 the ingest is it's not it's not only it's not only what you eat right but what you look at what you listen to what you partake in that part all of these things all of these things are the things that's gonna you consume them and they will alter you you they know will alter the, you. The, the the funny thing about it is also my wife uh we fasted from music for about two weeks mm. and when i tell you there was a major difference because i listened to a lot of trap music I listen mm. to a lot of street music. I, I love hip hop, but I love rap, right? And when you're not listening to this this aggressive stuff all day, every day, because whatever you view uh, or whatever you're focused on enlarges itself in life. Like you're manifesting things. Like if you're like, oh my God, I'm hungry. You know, you're gonna start smelling certain smells and feeling certain cravings and seeing certain yes. restaurants. But you know, we, we we got away from the aggressive stuff. And only thing we listened to as far as music was instrumental jazz. Mm. That's it. No lyrics. Nothing to guide our attention towards anything. And when I tell you I'm not listening to sad love R and B, so I'm like, man, you know my wife don't do this the way she used to. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> um, I'm not listening to nothing aggressive. I'm not listening to nothing violent. I'm not, you know what I mean? And it's like, dang, know what I mean? And and just just that time in the car riding without the radio on, and you have the opportunity to really think and That's think right. about how you feel and what's on your mind, and you don't have to cipher through a bunch of political BS. Yep, it was interesting. That's that. That's an that's an exercise, man. I might think about you know partaking in something like that. Yeah, you know, fasting from music. You know, there was a time where I didn't listen to music because of religious beliefs. You know, and it was really hard because I feel I'm really connected. You know, music can be good. Like people use music to suggest people to do evil things, but music is also used to suggest people to do good and positive things yes. like you ever listen to gospel when you know what i'm saying like my mom she used to play gospel music when we was young and like the sunday morning or saturday morning is like gospel the mighty clouds of joy the gospel yes. keynotes and Lord you know what i'm saying choir. yeah you know what i'm saying bb and cc whining yes. and we we listening to all this music but it, it puts you in a, a certain feel yes it puts you in a certain energy that you want to be better you want to be a better version of yourself mm -hmm. so music has that capability the same way words do you know words can inspire words can like just really destroy but uh it's, it's what you use it for you know what i'm saying Absolutely. and when you put yourself in that position to to be around not even just artists but just 
being mindful of what you're listening to even though you may know better like you're a very intelligent brother you know what i'm saying you can listen to drill and i wouldn't think that you're gonna go get a gun and just start you know what i'm saying walking with your pants hanging down i, yeah. I feel that you're way more intelligent than that Absolutely. so i know you know the difference to, to how to differentiate and how mm -hmm. to how to separate but yeah. some people don't some people, some people don't. don't but even the people that do know how to separate you still have to be leery you have mm -hmm. to be, you know, you have to be leery. Like you can know all about cholesterol. You can have your PhD in cholesterol and all that. But you know, if you eat this right here, it's going to raise your cholesterol. It's like, all right, I got to be mindful. I have the knowledge of it, but I still have to be mindful. So even in that, you definitely got to be mindful of what you listen to. Because you'll never know what type of seeds is being thrown in your ear. And that's manifesting. You listening to somebody's perception on things. And uh, it, it can alter you. But uh, yeah, I, my I, grandmother I, I used to dope, say it man. like this. Anything in your habitat that doesn't mean you well and for the benefit of your good has the potential to destroy you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's facts right there, man. Now, yeah. we, we ain't going to try to get... I know what you're trying to do, man. You're trying to... You're trying to <laughs> You're trying to like divert my attention and think I don't want no example. That's, we that's want good. an example over here at the Spoken Soul Session Studio. Uh -huh. uh, we want to we want an example of your improv abilities, man. All right, let's do uh, it. So, so this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna see. I I got I got a lamp mm -hmm. on my desk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got a. I got a glass. Mm -hmm. I got a pen. Lamp. And I got a keyboard. And I got a keyboard. Hold on. Lamp. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Lamp. Glass. Mm -hmm. Pen. Keyboard. Yeah, and, and, and to top it off, let's make it five. Uh -huh. A hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Right. Do your worst, brother. <laughs> I was feeling kind of down just the other day. Mesmerized by the nights that I had failure before in my life. And like a great idea, my lamp turned on and I was instantly realizing how my glass is half full. I never knew it before, but I read it in his word. He said, write the vision so that he that runneth may see it. So I picked up my pen. God, I need you to breathe your life in me. I need you to touch me in a way that it creates a, a beautiful melody. And I will gladly scale the ivories on the keyboards of the people's heart that you have allowed me to speak into. God, it's going to take so much for this soul to get clean. So I ask, to give you, I ask that you give me a spiritual hand sanitizer to wipe away all of my regrets. Forgive me for all the sin that I've been in. I'm trapped in a maze, so call me amazing. And it's all because of you. As these four walls are starting to close in, I'm regretting a lot of my youth. Miss words, miss opportunities. But I realize this grass 
can be defined by what we place in it because the only difference between a garden and graves are bodies. And I refuse to be a lost soul. In soul sessions. That's wrong. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you get a bomb for that. You get a bomb for that. You get a bomb for that. Oh man, amazing, man. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Like, how did what was your process, man? Like, what do you do, man? Cause like certain people I've come across. Mm-hmm. My my homeboy, my brother, man, my brother from another mother pain. Mm-hmm. He he's able to do that. He's able to like off the fly. You know, I remember one time, this is no bullshit. I remember one time we got a show. We got a show. And I'm like, yo, I right, we ready to do the show, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get on stage, we're performing. I do my part, and I and I I throw it to him, and he he says something totally different than what he's supposed <laughs> to be saying. Now we got cues, we got cues, we got cues. So I know when he say this, it's my cue to go. Mm-hmm. So he'll say a whole bunch of different stuff <laughs> along the same lines of what he's supposed to say, but it's in a whole different way. Yeah. But he'll end it off with the cue that I'm waiting on. And I'm like, wow, man, off the fly. So it's not many people I know that can do that effectively. Like yeah. you have people who try to do it and mm-hmm. I see people attempt to do it, but to do it effectively and uh, make it make sense, man. And that was just absolutely, yeah, that was absolutely wonderful. The only right there, difference man. between the garden and, okay, anyway. But- yeah, man, you, 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 you said some stuff, man. You, you said some stuff. The analogy king too. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, analogy king. I I never credit me. Mm. Um, anytime I uh, enter, to, enter anything poetic, um, I say the same words that Jesus said in St. John. Father, the hour has come to glorify your son so that the son may glorify the father. Mm. So immediately I take me out of it, right? And when i get the i'm like oh how does all of these line up right and i was like well he's in a room well what if i'm in a room and i feel trapped and i can't get out well i need to change my circumstances and the only way you can change your circumstances is by you know having a good prayer life man so you know you can either look at the glass half empty or half full you know i had a great idea so that lamp came on you know, so so all of these things, I was like, how am I going to work the keyboard? You know what I mean? But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just how things resonate with you. And once you tap into that emotion, everything is an emotion, right? Once you once you find uh, uh, an emotion, you can just ride. It's a vibrate. It's like, um, I don't know if you've ever been surfing before, but it's like waves nah, that nah, come nah. in. <laughs> It's like I don't know too many in, black right? people that be surfing, man. You be surfing, brother? No, I, I, I tried boogie boarding once, and I'll never do it again. Um, oh, man. not 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 for me, not for me. I almost drowned, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a wave that comes in, and mm. you just gotta ride that wave. Mm. You just gotta Indeed. ride that wave. That's that's why uh, for poets, it's it's very important to be a student of your craft you have to read know what right. I mean? you 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 have to find different ways to say 
simple things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm not saying be be so uh, uh, verbally gifted that you're creatively stupid. But you have to, you know, because some, some oh, people that's do that. that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> some, some people, credit me. Um, but, but yeah, that's people, a t-shirt. Yeah, that's a t-shirt. That might be merch coming that, soon. Right? You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they want to just, oh, I'm a poet, and they want to give you all of these huge stat nine words. You know what I mean? But what are you saying? What are you and, saying? And, you know, but it's important to be a student of it because, you know, it's all about emotion. What am I going to feel when when you get off the mic? That, mm-hmm. that, that That's the thing that we should always ask ourselves before we get up there, because nobody is going to remember everything that you say. Like the only reason we're going to remember this conversation is because it's being recorded, right? Mm-hmm. When the recording goes off and you and I have a conversation 10 years from now, verbatim, what do we talk about? You're not going to be able to recall it, right? But you're going to remember how you felt this day. Mm. Like, ah, man, I remember I talked to this dude, mate. You know what I mean? Your good brother, woo woo. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have those feelings. So, so what is it that you want people to feel? Mm. And a lot of people don't care. And, and That's it amazing. Shows. It's amazing you said I, I had the pleasure of interviewing um Ed Mabry. And if you know Ed mm-hmm. Mabry. Yes. Yes. Ed is a beast, man. He's a yes. beast with it, man. The most accomplished spoken word artist that I know today, as far as competition is yeah. concerned. Hands down. Grand slams, hands down. You know, um, and I had the pleasure of sitting down with this brother, man. A well of information. And he and he 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 explained it in that way. He said, uh, he said, when you get on that stage, you know, you got somebody's time. Mm-hmm three five six minutes it doesn't matter but you got somebody's time time that they can never get back yes so you as an artist you as an artist is your obligation to be say well whether or not they're gonna appreciate what i'm going to do i'm going to put my best foot forward i'm not gonna come up here and half ass you i'm not gonna come up here and be like yeah i'm gonna play with this thing no i'm gonna give you the best version of me that i can give you and hope mm-hmm. you accept it but being being mindful of your audience and being mindful of their time yeah. you know i think a lot of poets if, if poets had that that type of mentality they would think twice about what they scribe or what they release to the world yes. you know what they release because you can scribe all day but you know what you decide to release Mm-hmm. What you decide to uh, <clears throat> let the people hear, and what you what what you attach to your name, is very important. And also having important. the discipline to know the difference, because mm. as a, a artist, everything that we write, we don't have to share. That's right. I I, I got pieces that will never see the light of day. Facts. <laughs> I, I just had to Facts. get it out. <laughs> yep facts yeah. i got pieces like that as well that nobody ever heard nobody ever will because it mm-hmm. was for me it was therapeutic yeah. you know and, and what i noticed too as being a performance artist right mm-hmm. being a performance artist because i i came in the game slamming that was my yeah. that was my forte slamming and i learned a lot i learned a lot just just attending different slams and watching the audience Mm-hmm. Because everybody don't want to be educated. No, people mostly want to be entertained. Yes. Now, if you can find a fusion between the two, edutainment, where mm-hmm. you can educate someone and at the same time uh, 
entertain them. Now you got something that's gold. You got something that's gold. You know, because you you gotta you gotta you gotta be able to you know weigh out or or or, or just balance yourself between the two extremes. But uh, you know, it's not easy to do. Right. You know, it's not easy to do. But when you have that, and obviously, my brother, you got that. You got that, and um, it's a beautiful thing, man. And that you can really affect change and really affect people with your words. Yeah. Because I notice when I look at audience members, like I give you a prime example. Mm-hmm. One time I was doing a slam, right, and uh, I was I ain't even gonna say his name, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I was slamming, I was slamming, uh, and it was me and him at final stage. Mm-hmm. So. Because of the fact, how did he get the the pick? No, we flipped the coin mm-hmm. to see who would go first with final stage. Mm-hmm. We flipped the coin and he won the coin toss. So the MC asked him, "You want to go first or you want him to go first? So he said, "I'm going first." Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first." I said, "Oh, word!" So the, the the MC asked him. He said, "You sure about that?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going first. Uh, so I he would went first. Never go first. Never." But you he went first. first and let me make my adjustment. Uh, and he was exactly yeah, yeah. what he did was he he did a sex poem. He did a sex poem. It's very graphic poem. And he get a lot of uh, a lot of good reactions from this poem when he perform it from place to place. Because I've seen him perform the poem before and it gets a lot of reaction, crowd participation and all that. But while he was spitting it, what I did was I was like, I'm looking at the audience. A good 40% of the audience wasn't feeling it. Mm. It wasn't feeling it. Now, some people was drunk. Some people was, you know, they was drinking it. Oh, yeah, they was feeling it, you know. But I'm looking at the I'm looking at the people in, in the audience. Majority of them, like a good portion of them was not feeling it. So I mm. said, you know what I'm going to do? Because I had a sex piece I could have did. I had an erotic piece I could have did to rival that piece. Mm-hmm. But I said, nah, I'm going to freak it. I'm going to do a love piece. There you go. So when I did the love piece, it kind of changed the mood. It, ch- it changed everything. And everybody looked at what he was saying as insignificant and worthless. And they was looking at what I was saying as something that was should be applauded and something that was dope. You know, and uh, it was a switcheroo. It was a switcheroo. <laughs> and, I, and I got that by just looking at the audience and I wound up winning that slam. I wind up winning Man. it, but, but but that's what it is, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to know your you got to know who your you know who your, your audience, audience is, and you got to know you gotta people know don't want to be bored. People come out to shows yeah. in order to be entertained. They want to have a good time. They don't want to know all the all the chakras. You know what I'm saying? If you can tell them the chakras in a, in a, in a, in a yeah. clever way, they don't want to know all the. They don't want to hear that, man. You're not getting booked again. I remember but, uh, the first love poem I've ever written. Right? I was in high school. I thought I was in love. Mm. I was friends on. Mm. And the title of the piece was called The Love I'll Never Know. And when I tell you, man, when she finally heard the piece, it was like, I messed up. And I'm looking at her like, yeah, you did. I don't know those love poems, man, because there's a lot 
with erotic poetry, and this is just my perspective, you 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 have three three different avenues, right? You have mm. elegant erotic, which is tasteful, you know. Mm-hmm. You have pornetry, which is just raunchy, <laughs> right? right? And then you have I don't live this. I watch a bunch of porn, so I'm gonna just talk about what I saw. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, but when when it comes with a love piece, you know, it's either gonna be infatuation, lust, adornment, honor, respect, um, heartbreak, pain. You know what I mean? You, you, it, it's so many different avenues, man. But I remember that poem. And um, the, the, the funny story about it is uh, I went to go visit my aunt in a nursing home and that girl was the med tech that gave my, my aunt her prescriptions every day. Wow. Yeah. Small world. Small world. That's crazy, man. When you really look at it, right? I mean, love as a topic because because i want to i want to i want to call you on that love joint Mm because uh you you only did an improv piece man you real good man that you know i'm saying dancing (laughs) out of performing man you know i'm saying Uh, you're real good we could talk about it after all right you know what i'm saying yeah like like for real man i want i want no i really want to i want to hear because they want to hear poetry my audience want they want to know who this dude is right here man who is this cat he's the love poem all right, ho, 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 ho. Let me let me set the stage up. Okay, for you. okay, okay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the proper introduction. You Here got the go. red carpet out. All right, coming to the stage to perform his first written piece. Let's give it up for our brother, Nate Senior. This piece is entitled The Love I'll Never Know. I shouldn't be telling you this for the simple reason because it's been four months, nine weeks, three days, 42 minutes since we first met and I was still too nervous to talk to you before even knowing who you was. Days of dreaming and fantasizing about the day of our first kiss, long and anxiously waiting for the day that our lips were first touched before I even knew your name. But I stopped. Paused, because I was caught up in the mainframe of the old names that did nothing but break your heart, cause you nothing but tears, heartache, and pain, and I realized I don't even know you. So I introduced myself to you in math class, and it was there that I learned that you had three smiles and two laughs, and how vividly I remember in drama class on stage where I silently read your poetry that introduced me to the first page of your life, and I thought to myself, I want to know more. I want to learn every curve inch and movement of your body from your neck up. Yeah. I want to be so in-depth in your thoughts that I can find the secrets to your heart and a place in it for me that even when you feel you hate me, I'll forever be inside you. I want to be the first man to give you a mental orgasm. Knowing that you were the only woman to sleep in my presence under the moonlight that one night I counted all 78 eyelashes under your left eye. I shouldn't be telling you this for the simple reason because if you're the love that I'll never know, then I guess I'll never learn to love. Boom. Yeah, we got to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, three smiles and two laughs. Yeah, yeah, man. No, no woman has the exact same smile. You know, wow, like they, they have man. this genuine laugh. Like they let their guard down and they can just be them. Then they have a <laughs> that's cute. And then they have <laughs> uh, I'm looking at you and I feel safe with you. And that mm. smile is different. That that first laugh, that that that's cute laugh, and then they have the laugh when they're with their family. Have, have you ever noticed how people are different when they're around their mm. family? And that Indeed. laugh ain't like the laugh that you get. You know what I mean? So, um, and all of that was to say, I've studied you so much, mm. and if you would just give me the opportunity, I would love you the way that you deserve. Mm. That's a powerful sentiment. Man. Yeah. You said 78 eyelashes, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So uh That's very meticulous, man. That sounds like that sounds like that dude from uh what's his name? From you. You see that you ever see yeah, that show you? Yeah. yeah but man, uh that dude studies Joe. Joe, yeah, that's yeah, his Joe. name. Joe. Yeah, Joe, man. <laughs> Joe, Joe get every detail. He knows every detail. Every detail. But but people who pay attention to details, yes. people who who really make the difference. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that make the difference. They make the impression. And uh, to study, like that's the thing, right? I used to say this years ago. I think I was maybe maybe going into my thirties, mm -hmm. and uh, I would say that you know it's impossible because people used to say you can't understand a woman. It's impossible to understand a woman. They say you can't live with them. You can't live without them. They, they're impossible. They're an anomaly that you just can't figure out. And, you know, an enigma and all that. And uh, I used to say, I say, well, how is it that you can't understand something that was designed for you? Right. She's designed for you. Mm -hmm. And you designed for her. So if you know your measurements, like if you go into a, a tailor-made shop and you yep. say, okay, I want to get some trousers. And uh, he say, do you know your measurements? And you say, yeah, I know my measurements. And you give him some off measurements because you, you don't know. You're going to come out there looking messed up. You're going to come out there looking messed up because you're ignorant of, you don't have the knowledge of who you are. You don't mm -hmm. know things about you. So if you know you, yeah. It's impossible for you not to understand that which is designed for you. Your partner is a reflection of your intellect. Mm. Right? And ah, ah, that's powerful. So, so many men are out here calling a woman wife or wifey, and their name ain't even good on a piece of paper, but they want to put their name on a woman. Mm. So many men are calling women their rib just because they're hungry. Mm. Not because she's a part of them. Know what I mean? And when 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 you understand that, you know, because you know, ignorance can sound wise if you haven't been educated. Mm. The problem is we get to a place where we just listen and we don't hear, and we don't hear for understanding. Know what I mean? Um, listening. It's just, all right, I hear you talk, and now I want to talk about what's important to me. If the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, then that's what we should be doing. If, if, if she means something to you, 
Mm. So indeed, yeah. indeed, man. And I think you know a lot of brothers around here, they trying to put gloves on their feet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They trying to wear gloves like socks. You know, uh, nah, she don't go on your feet. <laughs> there you, go. you know, gloves don't go on your feet. You know, they go in your hand. You know, and um, it's 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 powerful, man. When you get that type of understanding, and and, and it comes with time when you it mature, does. when you mature. Because when we were younger, oh, you know, we had a lot of different views. Yeah, 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 we had we had different views. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We different ain't gonna views. Talk about those though. Man. Yeah, yeah, we talk about, about those views. But now the 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 evolution, you know, of us today as men is powerful. Now, I, I wanted to talk to you about something about your faith. Yes. Because it's obvious to me that you're a man of God. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know your particular uh, persuasion of how you view God or what's your ideology. Mm -hmm. But it's obvious to me, it's prevalent in your behavior, in your mm -hmm. character, in your speech, yeah. that you are a man of God. Absolutely. So what do God mean to you, my brother? Talk uh, about that for me. Okay, so before I knew God for myself, I knew the God of my grandparents. Oh, they were some praying people. My grandfather was the greatest man that I've ever known to live. Um, he was a pastor down in South Carolina as well. And um, I've never seen God fail them. So whenever I would pray as a child, I would pray to the God of my grandparents, right? Um, I, I, I knew religion, but then I got experienced to church hurt, right? Mm. And after recovering from church hurt, I found relationship. And it's going to sound crazy, Black. I got the revelation listening to Marvin Gaye. Mm. When, mm. when Marvin Gaye said, and when he said it, I heard it the way God said it. He said, I want you, but mm. I want you to want me the way that I want you. Mm. That's powerful. <laughs> See that's the trick. See that's the trick. We can give, we can want people, and we can want people to want us. But the trick is, can we find somebody that want that want us the, the way, way we, we want, want them. them? That's the that's the key, man. That's the key, and that's it's it's all in perception, and um, it's very powerful. It's mm -hmm. very powerful. You know, like God. You know, because people see like when I was younger. You know, I was very religious, very, yes. very, very yeah. religious. You know, uh, if you saw me, you see me with the big beard, the 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 turban on my head. I would wear thobes and things of that nature. Very uh, staunch in mm -hmm. religion. But as I got older, I got older. You start seeing the purpose, and that's and that's the difference between religion and spirituality. Same is thing, that, man. For me. Yeah, I was on fire for God after I got baptized as a teenager. And I'm like, man, I got to get out here and win souls and evangelize, right? And mm -hmm. then I realized if I'm an ambassador, I could be the only version of Jesus that they see. So right. I have to live by an example. That's right. And you don't have to go out here and tell people how good your religion is. You can show them by having that relationship with them. And that's all people care about. Because then you get into the what's the right, what's the wrong. Um, uh, you know, all, all of the, pol the politics and the fluff and the semantics of it, right? 
None of that matters. Every year, Black, I start my year off saying the exact same thing. I want to live the same life that Jesus did. Mm. I'm going to hang around a bunch of sinners, right? Because I'm not perfect. Mm. I'm going to finish my assignments and I'm going to go to sleep on a boat. Mm. I know how to calm storms. We, we go to school, right? And you get the textbooks. And when you go up to the next grade, you get new textbooks. But yet we've been studying the same religious books for centuries. Mm. When are we going to graduate and start focusing more on people? Mm. We care more about phones than we do a human life. I got a problem with that. Indeed. That, and then you see it man it's so prevalent man our eyes have become desensitized yeah yeah you know when we see people hurting we don't feel nothing no we just recorded and swing you know, world star yeah we, we yeah we were yeah world star like in new york well i'm at in new york man like literally you can walk in the train station you can walk out in the street and you will actually see like the other day i'm 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 bringing my daughter home and a dude is laid out in the street He's laid out. The ambulance is is, is uh right there, and uh I asked one of the one of the pedestrians, <laughs> "What happened?" You know what I'm saying? Uh, he got knocked out. He got knocked out. I thought a car hit him. I said, "What? Well, what? A car came in? No, no, no. He he got knocked out. You know? And I'm like, wow. And people walking by, like it is it's nothing. It's nothing. He's laid out. But leave your phone unlocked at your girl house and be heading to work. I guarantee you, you gonna buck a you. You You coming (laughs) back? You coming back? Um, You coming back? (laughs) I um, I I feel led to to do this piece. It's not a religious piece. It's uh, the name of the piece is called Street Sign Soldiers. Street Sign Soldiers. All right. So hold on. Let me (laughs) let me set the stage up for you. All right. Coming back to the stage, performing his second written piece of work. Let's give it up for our brother, Nate Senior. The project is a project where the prospects can't defy the odds. I hate to sadden y'all with this news, but it's the truth that resides in my heart. See, there was two dudes or two fools that didn't quite understand the rules of being a street sign soldier. See, in this life, the children are never young. They're barely old enough to patrol the corners. But see, my cousin, he was from T Street, but his best friend was from the Ave. Now, that's two dudes from two hoods. I'll sit back and let you do the math because the genesis of Nemesis starts here. Good friends, but better enemies, the ways of street law. Street games and shiny chains that I'm too broke to buy, but I'm also too smart to pay for. But if my uncle, if my cousin opened up his eyes and valued life and took a closer look inside himself, he'll see that he's been living a no-good Joe Hood hand-me-down tradition, and he will refuse to be another stain in the street. But soon he'll be facing 20 to life and just wishing, because nowadays, fuck donuts, police love dark meat. I watched my aunt's tears drip, dropped, and poured as she knew she lost to the streets her once beloved baby boy. And on the day as dark as the night, I knew something went wrong. 
I heard the devil sing a lullaby, different tune, same song. On the street signs of 8th and H, a forgotten friend but familiar foe. So my cousin was planning to hate. The words flew like daggers, but it didn't matter because it was up to me to tell him come home. And as I see them from a distance to myself, I'm thinking I'm paying a debt that I don't even owe. To the shadows, my cousin fades the black fighting over a gun, and I heard a sound go pow, like that. And I'm only praying my cousin weren't. But no. No. Silence. And the potential of my cousin was too high to be denied by violence. He never saw the 12th grade. He barely saw his 12th age, only to have life stolen by a 12 gauge. Wow. His funeral was in 12 days. In my mind, I see him dying. Like souls, my shower's crying. As I watched his body shiver, then collapse. I can only pray now that I had him back. And please tell me this isn't life because the world don't need this. And if so, how can my cousin find heaven if he never found Jesus? I'm not a doctor, but the street knowledge amazed the scholars when our youth is medically proven and diagnosed to be ADG, ADH, and ADS, addicted to the guns, addicted to the hate, addicted to these damn street signs. Please don't let your loved ones end up like mine's. As we are in the midst of our own genocide, shackled to handcuffs, chains modified, life comes and goes. But our youth... They rather rep street signs. Wow, man. Wow. Absolutely phenomenal. Whoa, that's a heavy piece, bro. <laughs> I love the I love the I love the parallel you use with the twelve. Yes. That whole scheme was crazy. <laughs> Street signs, street yeah. signs. This is profound because yeah. uh, you find brothers who live and die for they over block. street signs for the block. Yeah. Yo, I'm from Hoover Deuce. Mm-hmm. I'm from I'm from I'm from uh, I'm from 63rd. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, when you really look at it, man. You know, they inv- and this is this is the oh, this is a problem in our community. Yeah. When you have no identity, when you have no identity, you're easily duped, easily sold in the bag of goods. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the current condition of our people. When you look at us as a whole, yeah. I'm just talking about people in America, black people living in America. Mm-hmm. You know, we find us we involved in everything. Yeah. We 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 have allegiance to everything. You find no matter what religion it is, we are part of all of them. Mm-hmm. And we're staunch and we're the most we're the forefront. We're in the forefront and the foremost of the individuals who worship. When you see black people worship in the church, yep. You you look at white people work, worship in the church and you see black people worship. It's oh, it's, it's intensified. <laughs> it's it's definitely it's different. different. <laughs> black people go to church all day. Like all day, they go to church all day, all and they don't. And you can't, you can't beat them in worship. But when you look at our condition, it's like we are in the worst positions. We're in the worst oh, positions. But it's it's all because you know. I, I believe in my in my in my opinion is that it's about application. Mm-hmm. We don't see the God in us. No. You know, we our 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 understanding of God is something external. 
Yes. Something that we can't achieve or we can't accomplish. We can't understand or comprehend. But God is in you. Mm -hmm. You I know, in every in every religion, they say, like, I'll give you an example. Like in uh, the Muslim religion, mm -hmm. you know, Allah says that he has placed uh, man on the earth as Khalifa. Yeah. Khalifa is like a caretaker, a mm -hmm. vicegerent. You know, in the Bible, you read verses that ye are gods. Yes. You know, uh, let us make man in our image. Our image. You know, and uh, and you see these these passages, and it's, it's it's telling you right in your face the power that you possess. Mm -hmm. You know, if God breathed life into you, if you believe that God breathed life into Adam, and from yes. Adam, everybody else come into existence that mm -hmm. means that we have that essence of the most high but we don't always live up to it you know that's why in my earlier years when i was religious i couldn't see the righteousness in in christian people yeah well i couldn't see the righteousness in in jewish people or buddhists you know only thing i saw was the righteousness in islam because yeah. I was closed-minded, you know? And a yeah. lot of times religion do that. It it, it, it kind of uh, prompts you to do that. It makes Close you elitist. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we're, we're, the, we're the top and everybody else is beneath us. But when you think of, of the teachings of Jesus, mm -hmm. he, was, he, was, he was very humble. Very much very so. Very kind. Very much so. Very kind, very caring and understanding and empathetic. So when you, when you look at the image of Jesus in the Bible, it doesn't always correspond to the image of the people that that walk and saying they're Christ-like. Yeah. And the same thing with Muslims. You you have Muslims who who say, "Oh, we believe in Allah," but you you look at their character and you be like, "Wow, man, you you cursing people out, you're mm -hmm. disrespectful, you're lying, you're cheating." Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this is not what we represent. But now in my age, where I'm at now my mature age man i see i see righteousness yeah. in people and you can get there you can get righteousness from different avenues oh, it's not just no one-stop shop oh this if you're not this then you're doomed and damned this is the the pill they try to sell you the I bag the of goods Malcolm was talking thing about is we, we 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 release out of our mouths i'm a product of my environment mm. you know i think brother malcolm said it best we've, we've never been outnumbered we are just out organized and so we, oh. we we lack structure we lack discipline we lack uh teamwork because you know we gotta shine you know bling bling right, right. We, we, we have to wear our money and we're we're so in the hurt when I looked at um, uh, Asian America or just Asians, period, their, their money stays within themselves for two weeks. When you look at the Hispanic community, their money stays within themselves for 10 days. When you look at a, uh, um, white America, their money stays. When, when I say stays within, they, they go to merchants, they, they invest, they purchase with people that look like them right mm -hmm. with, with white america it stays for five days when you look at us the money <laughs> stays in for two hours two hours now i remember it was six two hours and we we, we going back 
You, you got to look at the stimulus checks. We was in a hurry. What's mm -hmm. the first thing we do when we get our taxes? You know, uh, 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 the PPP loans, and, you know, all of this other stuff. Like, like and I remember at a point it was six, man. Like, like we, we were so in a hurry, but we lacked just just, just vision. We lacked mm -hmm. organization skills. We lacked and, and we and we we allowed things like religion. Yes, we you definitely know, we allowed things like religion. And, and that's to make the biggest thing because mm -hmm. everybody wants to be the head and nobody wants exactly. to be the legs. Exactly, you don't want to be the legs. I, I, I'm comfortable if if we're going to have. If we're going to be successful, I'll be the elbow. Because you mm. can't sign nothing without bending the elbow. <laughs> now, I mean, I, 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 I'll, be, I'll be the big toe. You know, in, 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 in biblical times and in medieval times, when a kingdom was taken over, they would cut off the thumbs and the big toes of the king and parade them throughout the mm. village, right? Why? Because if you cut off the thumbs, you can't hold a sword properly. And if you cut off the big toes, you can't run. Mm. I'm comfortable with being the big toe. Mm. A lot of people don't have that mindset. Whatever it takes for us to get there, That's I'm right. willing to do it. But everybody wants to be the face. That's right. Everybody wants to be the head. That's right, man. And it's crazy. And uh, hopefully, man, we're like-minded people like ourselves, man. Mm -hmm. We're very like-minded, man. You know, we can we can be that change that we want to see in the world and uh, with our powerful voices man we can you know what i'm saying go out there and um inspire people mm -hmm. because that's what that's what's needed you know and uh, I've, I've made that vow you know to myself with my pen you know i'm at the point in my life whereas you know i want to write with purpose i just don't want to write vain superficial similes i i want my words to mean something i want to be able to effect some form of change yeah and uh that's that's my aspiration for when i write now i used to write just to be slick you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying i i got i got a gift with wordplay and i and i'll say some slick stuff but uh it's more than that now it's, it's bigger than that you know and uh when you look at the greats the gil scott herons you know mm -hmm. the langston's the you know the, the the last poets you know all of these individuals who were pioneers and laid it down showed us the way yeah you know they 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 were revolutionaries man mm -hmm. you know stuff like like when i was talking to ed maybury he was like uh it's very important that we take these pieces these iconic pieces and revamp them yeah. you know do a new spin on it you know what i'm saying that the revolution won't be televised to remind the people that we're still it at it you know the, exactly the thing about it is when, when when you look at poets and you 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 look at who we are and what we represent we're more than artists mm. we're, 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 we're more than just people word slips right uh, uh, again I, i'm a history buff when 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 you look at times where they became dictatorships the first thing they did was burn books mm. and destroyed and killed scholars that's right poets were considered scholars back then right mm -hmm. and anything that can inspire uplift or motivate the mind had to go that's right and now here we are and some of us are are using our talents for evil 
some of us are abusing it. Or some of us, and, and I think out of all of them, this is the worst. Some of us are just choosing to be silent. Mm. That's deep. I often said, if you're the type of poet that only write about you, you don't have much to say. Mm. With so much that's going on in the world, with so much that are going on with our children, with so much that is going on with um, who we are as a society and a race, if all you can muster up is the ability to write about you, that's right, man. I, yo, that's my sentiment exactly, man. Exactly that. You know, you got to write for something more. Yeah. It got to be a purpose behind this, man. It got to be an end goal. It's not, we're not just here just, just having fun. It may be fun while we're doing it, mm-hmm. but this is not just a game. This is something that's serious, man. And, and that's uh, why I wrote BMH. My, mm-hmm. my, my biggest concern was I didn't want to let the brothers down. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to let the men down. I'm going to be touching on so much stuff for all men, not not just me. And again, I know it's bigger issues in the world, but I got to focus on the world that I know. And That's I right. can't let the brothers down. And um, the night that I performed, and again, thank you, King, for being there and, 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 and showing support and, and love and just, you know, standing in solidarity with me. Um but yeah man that 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 was that was dope. That that was a that was a phenomenal night, man. It was at that moment. You know they that that meme they say it was at that moment. It was moment. at that moment. <laughs> it was at that <laughs> moment. I realized I said this brother right here, man, we're very like minded. Yeah. And uh I really appreciated that show. As I, I'm sure a lot of brothers that attended that that show, they really appreciated that because mm-hmm. you spoke for us. You spoke for a lot of the things that we want to say that we don't say. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things that we we just don't know how to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and you put it out there, man. And um those pieces that you performed that night were very deliberate. They were very deliberate and they were very necessary. And I think a lot of light got shed that night. And um, yeah, shout out to you, my brother, man. Because it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage, you know, and vulnerability. Yeah. to be able to do that because not a lot, a lot of brothers ain't gonna go through the ringer like that you know nah. to be the spectacle to be the you know what i'm saying all right here we go we have our example here uh nate senior yeah. tell us how you feel <laughs> yeah. how you really feel it's, it's, always, <laughs> it's always different being the first um because you don't know what the turnout is going to be right mm. and my my prayer is that I'm not the last. Know mm. what I mean? Take it up a notch. Do it better. Do it different. Make it yours. Know what That's I mean? Right. But I started the snowball effect. Let's see where it goes. Mm. And that's where it's at, man. Yeah. Now, before we get up out of here, man. Yes. You 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 doing something that only very few people get a chance to do, man. Yes. Like we over here bobbing, man. I'm in yes. a bob. <laughs> this, this 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 interview could easily be like three four hours because I'm uh-huh. I'm in a vibe. But uh, you know, this has been a dope conversation, mm-hmm. and I appreciate these conversations because I think they help. 
I think, you know, two black men, you know, we chopping it up, talking about things that affect, you know, our community, affect us. You know, uh, I think it's important for the brothers out there and the sisters out there listening, you know, um, they can get some perspective, you know. But I wanted to get into a, a, a couple of things. Yes. Two more, two more things, two more things we got to get into before this interview is over. Let's do it. One. Yes. Community. Mm-hmm. What is community to Nate? What community looks like to you? Do we have a community? And I'm talking about specifically the poetry community. Because there's a lot of things going on in the poetry world that we may be aware of. Where some poets may not get along with each other. Some poets may have, you know, particular beefs and all that. You know, do we have a community? Or if we don't have a community, is it possible to build one? I think we, we have a community, right? Um, but just like every job, every neighborhood, every family, it's just some people in there you don't get along with, right? Mm. I think um, we're, we're doing a lot of great things. Last year, poetry performed at the halftime show. Mm. That's you know, right. Um, um, poetry is getting endorsements. Poetry is now getting signed to just perform certain know what I mean, pieces for companies. So, um, um, in a world that has so much to say, we're on our job. Mm. Um, But just as I believe that we have guardian angels, we also have uh, a demonic person that's intent to see out their assignment as well, right? So, so, So we have culture vultures. We have people that are hobbyists or see what's getting attention and they want to mimic that. Um, we have people that are, are not healed or, 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 or unstable um, trying to redefine what stability is. You know, we have double-minded individuals that come into the community to ruffle feathers and that's their sole purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to be more vocal. Um, when I grew up as a child, uh, my mother, although my biological parent wasn't the only parent that I had, if my neighbors saw me cutting up, they would straighten me out and tell me go home. And by the time I got home, she's already on the phone with my mother. So now I just got checked. Now I'm about to get half killed. You know, my mom killed me before. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, but but I, I feel like um, our community um, is healthy. It just has COVID. Mm. Okay. Mm. okay. And it's some Brilliant symptoms knowledge. we have to deal with um, in order for us to get well again. But the Indeed. thing is, we can't be afraid to take that medicine. And sometimes that medicine is just simply having a backbone. Sometimes that medicine is not um, uh, given an ear or, or, or attention to um, the ignorance. That's right. That's right. I agree, man. I agree 100%, man. You know, uh, there's always going to be, you know, in any form of, of gathering, 
Mm-hmm. And and I do believe we do have a community. Yes. You're gonna have you're gonna have uh, odds. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have opposition. People gonna uh, create rivalries and things yes. of that nature. But in in lieu of all of that, you know, I think it's very important that we maintain the integrity of yes. a community. Yeah, you know, and um, and that means you know, not just with the uh you know support real support like somebody was just real telling me support. i forgot who was who was i talking to that they they said something to me and i i, I thought that was phenomenal there was like there's a difference between fans and supporters mm-hmm. there's a difference between fans and supporters you know yeah. you may have you may have some fans but how many people do you have supporting you? supporting you know, no. just just like there's a difference between someone that's always around versus someone that's always there. Mm. Know what I mean? Like, like don't mm. don't ever confuse the two. Like, like black, you got an album out, you 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 got a book out, and somebody's like, oh man, why why you not on this platform? Why 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 you only got this these amount of sales? Yo 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 your immediate question is, why haven't you bought my book? Exactly. Why haven't you bought my album? The same way you brag about what restaurant I should go to and what TV show I need to watch, why aren't you? Bra- why, why why you ain't share my life, my, um, my 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 stories? Why you ain't share my That's, posts? Why you ain't like my posts? You know what I mean? Right. And I, I I came to the realization: some people won't support you because it's you. Mm. Some people you you're, you're doing things, and some people just naturally don't like you because of what they think you have. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what's on you, right? And I came to the realization of you got to be okay with that. Mm. You got to be okay with it. Because some people are just sticking around just in case you make it. Hold on, I can't do it yet, baby. Hold on. But that's what I love about the process. The process filters out the process is a grueling process sometimes. And, and it sips out and filters out who needs to be around. Mm. So so when it's time to succeed, I'm around the right people. Mm. Because not everybody's gonna stick around for the process. They only wanna do the victory lap. That's right. That's right. That's when they that's when they wanna come around when when you're getting your trophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh but I think uh, it's very important that we start supporting each other. Yes. You know, first on on our level that we support each other in in getting things out. Now, your book. Yes. I wanted I wanted to talk about your book. Now, yes. did it come out? I read in the bio December. I'm, I'm assuming that that was this that December. came out. Oh, it's, it's coming this it's December. It's coming out this December. Um, oh, my all first right. Book. Um, oh man, I am in love with this body of work. Um, uh, the title of it is called um, Behind Poetic Lines. Um, so it's going to be two versions of the book. You're going to have the regular version, um, which is just if you're a fan of poetry, get that book, right? Mm. Um, and then the other version is going to be a hardback um, cover, uh, hardcover, uh, Behind Poetic Lines, The Nate Experience. And if you're a fan of mine, get that book. Um, and the only things that separates the two is in the late experience, 
you're going to have some some personal pictures of me interacting with family and friends. You're going to actually mm. see the journey of me and my childhood and who I am today. And then I wow. also have a personal letter that um, I have in this book where um, I'm, I'm talking about some things and I'm, I'm, I'm giving some hard truths and I'm letting people know um, who I am for real. Mm. And, and how I feel about certain things, man. So, um, uh, Behind Poetic Lines, man. And the reason I, I picked this title, um, you ever seen the movie Saving, Saving Private Ryan or Behind Enemy Lines? Oh, uh, yes, yes. It, it, it gives you an in-depth visual of how it is to be on the other side of things, mm. right? And so many times we focus on the poetry and not so much the poet, which is why I've done A Night with a Poet, right? And so I want you to get to know Nate. Mm. I want you to understand, don't don't look at the decisions that I made, look at the options that I had to choose from. Mm. Look, look, look at the environment in which I came from so you can see, oh, this is why he thinks like that. This is why he talks like that. This is why this is his mannerisms. This is why he enjoys dark humor. You know, I, mm. I, I witnessed my first homicide at eight years old. My best friend got wow. shot in the head while we were coming out of a convenience store, right? So, so for me, death is a common thing where I grew up at, right? Wow. So Behind Poetic Lines give you an opportunity to see the poet with the poetry. So, so you get to see why these pieces are written. Not a lot wow. of people are going to show you their nakedness. Transparency, man. Mm-hmm. To be to be that transparent, man. To you could show them the journey, man. I think that's a phenomenal idea, man. I can't wait till that book come out. Yeah. In fact, when it do come out, when it do debut, I want to have you back on the show. Oh, man, can... I got to come back, man. It's, yeah, it's too cool hanging man. with you, man. <laughs> yeah, man, this is a cool, it's cool breeze, man. Yeah. They, they they say things, man. But black is a cool dude, man. I'm a cool guy, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all love, man. And it's it's like mindedness, man. You know, yeah. and, I, and I, it resonates with me. You know, uh, you can see it like my grandmother used to say. She said, "You can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears." Daddy. You know, and uh, you know, you know, you know, men of substance when you mm-hmm. see them. You know, men of 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 you know folly when you see them. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you make those decisions along the way, man. But my brother, you are a man of substance, man. I really appreciate what you're doing out there. You know, the platform that you're giving to uh, a lot of us out there, speaking to the issues that we're dealing with, that we're suffering with, in silence, man. Uh, I commend you, man. I commend you now. Don't get too excited because you ain't going to just sneak up out of here without doing another piece. I got so you. I got you. Don't, don't think it was about to be over. It ain't oh, about no, no, to be no, no. over. It's about to be over, but not that that that, was, that quick. I, I was saving this particular piece. Um, I always tell people if they want to get to know me, um, just listen one poem at a time, right? And mm. this is uh, uh, my testimonial piece. I've always done this piece uh, in every feature to, to, to help people understand who I am and where I come from and what I'm about, right? So I'm ready to so hold on, hold on, hold I'm on, hold on. Out. Oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the proper introduction. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let's get the proper introduction. Coming back, performing his final piece. Let's give a round of applause for our brother, Nate Sr. 
poverty, depression. Words he grew fond of throughout the years. I'm I'm not even sure why I'm sharing his testimony. I guess I'm tired of his past haunting me with these tears. Have you ever been hungry? <laughs> Seriously, no joke. As a matter of fact, on most nights, dinner was a jar of peanut butter. And if I was lucky, one of those exquisite great McDonald's jelly packs. Have you ever been homeless? I mean, I had a roof over my head, but maybe it was just that. Can you picture it? Five kids sleeping on a mattress with roommates, you know, roaches and rats. Don't check your ears. You heard me right. Five kids, four girls, the only one on my block with a single parent mother. And while the rest of the boys was looking up to their fathers and older brothers, I'm looking up to my older sister like, how is she going to make me tougher? I'm trying to speak to you through one of the mouths that God sent. I'm trying to speak to you and tell you who Nathaniel Graham is. I was old enough to go through hell, but wasn't old enough to know that God exists. And this is why I appreciate little things, because I once saw life through jaded green eyes. And I can't explain how it feels to pull off these confessions, something I held on to too long in the depths of solitude inside. But I remember running to mama saying, this can't be life. Please wake me up from this dream. Please tell me all that I see isn't as bad as it seems. And she will look to the sky and say, son, I know God. And he wants you to know you're going through the fire for a reason. You will be better than most. Suicide. Neglect. Words that became his best and only friend for real. Maybe because he's so desperately wanting to be like his mother. Hiding life behind a bottle of pain pills. You see, I figured if I can overdose and couldn't remember yesterday or today, then tomorrow wouldn't look so bad. But death has no friends, just a family of victims that brought me to the shocking conclusion I was running from something I never wanted so bad life. And I thought it would be okay if I could sell cocaine, just like all the other niggas on my block. Receiving praises from intoxicated fools who gave me money and food saying, nigga, you sure do have heart. I wish death would have took me when it had me and never let me go. Never could I answer the puzzling question why misery loved me so. I roamed the streets so much they called me a drifter. Better yet, I knew the streets better than the traffic signs. Better yet, black, I knew it better than the back of my hand. Okay, 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 you got me. I knew the streets better than the back of my father's head because it was all I ever seen and all I ever had the chance to know. And although my sister, and although we share the same blood, he would age me by the number of times that he saw me. I've been nine for 12 years. My sister has been two for too long. And although she's a girl, she was more of a man than my father because productively she stuck around to help and watch me grow. But I remember running to mama saying, this, this can't be life. Please, wake me up from this dream. Please tell me all that I see isn't as bad as it seems. And she will look to the sky with tears down her eyes saying, Son, I know God. And he wants you to know. He's sending you through the fire for a reason. You will be better than most. Revival. Deliverance. Words heard only in fairy tales because they was words I wished I had because I was close to making the call that having no life at all was better than the life that I have. You see, heaven for the rich and hell for the poor phrase I knew all too well because my conditions was critical, my living was miserable, my hope was just starting to fail. An eye for an eye and the whole world goes blind. This was my message to all the masses. And if that's the case, black, then liberty needs shades, the government needs goggles because I'm looking out of Ray Charles' glasses. 
What if I told you I never knew God for myself until the day that I fell apart? And on that day with bending knees, confessed he was Lord and welcomed him in my heart because I followed down a dark and narrow road many years ago, hoping only to find love and acceptance along my broken road, never knowing God was all I needed until he was all I had left in faith. And for the first time, I fell in love with the man who was my father. And just like my father, I never saw his face. He breathed life into me before I even knew what life was. And now all I do, I do for him because he's all I'll ever love. You see, this is my life. My escapes are my dreams. And all that I saw wasn't as bad as it seems. You see, mama knows right. But God knows best. The fire you go through is for him to use you to become him in your flesh. So never complain how bad you think you got it. Because someone will always have it worse than you. And if you think you're going through hell now, be grateful because he's trying to use you. And you can come out like me. Better than most. Wow, man. Wow, man. Absolutely phenomenal, man. I can see why that's a signature piece, man. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal, man. I mean, my brother, I'm so happy, man. I'm so happy that you're out here and you're joining or you have joined the fight. Yes. You know, uh, we got to fight against and we got to combat against ignorance. Yes. Against, against, you know, wasting time. A lot of our brothers and sisters is out here just wasting time. Absolutely. And, uh, it's words like yours that's uh that's really man making a difference and um inspiring people to be better versions of themselves man that was an epic piece Thank epic you. man on so many different levels I mean, uh, this this has been a great interview, man. Yeah, man, and I, this I, has I been a great thank interview. you, man. Um, you know, uh, for me, coming on soul sessions, I got a soul lesson that you know, there, there, there's so many people like you, black, that um, are really, really stand up guys and um, man, a man of their word, man. But more importantly, man, this was a whole vibe. Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not always on this side of it. Know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to being the one, you know, picking the brain and, and, and poking. You know what I mean? So, um, but but thank you, make for making me feel at home. Um, Definitely, my brother. And and more importantly, thank you for making me feel like I wasn't alone. Know what I mean? Definitely. Just 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 a kindred spirit that can resonate and identify with so many of the things that I'm saying, man, um, that both of us knew that that's great confirmation that we're on the right track with this thing. And uh, we just got to keep riding until the wheels fall off. That's right, man. That's right, man. I mean, I definitely want to thank you, man, for coming in and spending this time. Like, you know, I really enjoyed this interview. This we, yo, we've been going for an hour <laughs> and 51 minutes. I yeah. schedule I schedule about maybe an hour, fifteen minutes tops. But <laughs> it's certain artists that come on that now nah, we just gotta sit and vibe. And I wanna invite you back on another uh, on another uh level, cause I do from time to time on my Tuesday show, mm-hmm. I do uh platform discussions where we, we take a topic that's that's going on or something that's happening in our community and we address it. And I try to get a panel whereas uh we'll talk 
about the topic, you know, and uh, you, you, you've raised some great, great topics on your platform, man. Yeah. And I definitely want to, uh, we can collaborate and um, come together and talk about some of these things that's plaguing our community and yeah. we can throw out some solutions and some, you know, just give some attention to it, you know, or draw some attention to it so people can be aware of what's going on. And I uh, have these panel discussions and they, they're great, man. I've done a, I've done a few of them and um, they're great, man. When you have like-minded people coming together, searching for solutions, man, I definitely want you to be a part of that, man. Cause oh, I man, believe I'm that you are all definitely in. worthy. Most definitely. But yeah, I want to thank you King man for coming through, man. Also, man, for interviewing me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. the night with a poet, <laughs> man, I felt, I felt comfortable. I felt, you know, and I, and I, and I got vulnerable in that interview too, man, because, yeah. uh, cause I felt that comfortability mm-hmm. and, um, it was great, man. I wanted you to feel that same experience over here, man. That you know, it's man, all love, man. It's all family. Out the man. Red carpet, man. Most definite, bro, man. You know what I'm saying? Most definite. But I definitely want to thank you for coming through. Stick around, though. I gotta address my audience, but uh, I gotta talk to you off air. But Absolutely. uh, hey, before, but, uh, before yeah, uh, before you address them, um, thank you all for listening. Um, for those of you that tune in, man, this is a great podcast, a great man. And uh, continue to support, continue to follow, continue to share and subscribe. You know, don't just listen, subscribe, right? And uh, for me, as far as uh, an artist, if you would like to get in contact with me, um, just hit me up on Instagram, Nate Senior underscore Improv. That's Nate, N-A-T-E-S-R underscore I-M-P-R-O-V. And uh, I look forward to connecting. Definitely, man. And I'm going to, what you call it, send me them links too, because I'm going to put all your links up in the um, description Definitely. of this when, when, when this drop. It should be dropping next Friday. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll put the description up and um, all your links. Uh, anything you got going on, any any uh, 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 events that you got coming up, yes. you know, we can, we can put that up in there too. So people in your city or whoever um, that can get to you can um support you my brother man definitely thank you my brother thank you for coming through you know being such a wonderful guest you know what i'm saying uh we vibe man and um this was beautiful man this was beautiful i can't wait for this to drop um i think it's going to be very impactful for many people but uh this is a part of the show which is one of my favorite parts of the show is when i address the audience because i gotta leave you guys i gotta leave you guys with something you know motivational so if you if you listening to the sound of my voice if you can hear the sound of my voice i need you to tune in i need you to tune in give me 20 seconds we have work to do family we have work to do and it's time to get busy i hope i hope you continue to stay on your path to stay on your grind never allowing anyone to compromise your greatness you are great you are majestic and you are beautiful and if you don't know anything about me if you don't know anything about me i want you to understand this i want you to know i want you to know that i love you And I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace.